And we are live, everyone. Um, hello, hello, hello. My name is Diamond Rivera of Diamond Rivera Films. And today here I have a very important, very special uh, guest here, Miss Holly Elizabeth, a former military veteran, a person I consider a friend, uh, a person that taught me a lot being in the military. We were in training together. And today we have so much to talk about in so little time. But, you know, I definitely want to thank you, Holly, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm ready. Uh, absolutely. And um, I really want the audience to know is that um, recently, as of recently, I've been seeing that you've been doing a lot of groundwork in regards to the recent um, topics and the recent case of Vanessa Guillen, uh, a former soldier that was based in uh, Fort Hood mm -hmm. uh, that was a victim of sexual assault and she was murdered by a person who also was in Fort Hood, another soldier and someone, a civilian. Mm -hmm. um, and I really love the, the work you were doing, the protests, the uh, movement that you've created uh, out in, I believe, Kentucky. Is that, am I correct? It's Kentucky and Tennessee because Fort Campbell's on the state line, but yeah. Absolutely. And then, so for me and for the audience, can you kind of give uh, a background of yourself? We'll talk about Vanessa again, but then definitely transitioning into your story. Okay, so where do you want me to start? Um, I mean, just start, I would say from where, from this Vanessa Guillen case, um, how did that movement start? Um, okay, so Vanessa Guillen's story um, obviously started getting a lot of attention on social media because, um, you know, she was missing for two months and nobody was talking about it. Nobody was looking for her. Um, the army just kind of like chalked it up as, She's AWOL. She deserted. They um, they cleared her barracks room. Um, they act like this girl just like left on her own accord, even though when she went missing, her ID, her wallet, her phone, everything was was, you know, not with her. Um, mm -hmm. It was left in the arms room where she worked. Um, the arms room should have never even been unlocked that late at night. Mm -hmm. And there were so and there were so many people that were involved. And, you know, when you're in the military. Yes. You know, you know, there's so many standards and procedures that we have to follow for everything. And mm -hmm. it was like, you know, somebody unlocked the arms room, but nobody knew why or where she was or why it was open so late at night. Um, you know, the people on staff duty, they have to sign out the keys to the arms room. So why do they not ask um, mm -hmm. when the staff duty went to go do checks? Would you check literally every part of base? Why was the arms room not checked? It was still unlocked. Um, and so there was just all these things that didn't make sense. And then the allegations came up that she had a sexual assault or sexual harassment, maybe one, maybe multiple incidences, but she wasn't reporting them because she was afraid of reprisal or retribution, which is mm -hmm. what the army calls it when you report and you are punished um, yes. for reporting. Mm -hmm. And so she had told her family, though, that this stuff was going on and uh, that she was afraid for her life. And that's really what started everything, because um, seeing her story put a face on it. Right. Like mm -hmm. as a female soldier, there's so many times that we experience sexual harassment and sexual assault. Um, and this is not to say that males are not experiencing it, too. Yes. But as a female soldier, it seems to come with the package, right? And mm -hmm. um, and it shouldn't, but it does. And it's co it's constantly, like, being reminded that, you know, this is a brotherhood and, like, this is part of it. And, like, mm -hmm. they're just males. So, like, what do you expect? But that's not what I signed up for when I chose to defend my country. Same thing for Vanessa Guillen. Same thing for the endless amounts of female soldiers and veterans who have yeah. been protesting with me. They didn't sign up to be raped or to be groped in the fucking um, company, you know, room or to be, uh, I can't tell you how many times, you know, people were at PT and they're like, yo, so-and-so's <laughs> ass looks fat in formation. Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? What? What? But 
so many people because it's like a stigma to even say anything back mm-hmm. to them. And so for me, I've always, even when I was a kid, like I've always, if, if I got a problem with what's going on, which is anything that's not how it's supposed to be, I'm going to say something. And I don't yeah. care if I'm the only person in the room, I'm going to say something. And so there was multiple times when, you know, I'd be the one that would be like, what are you doing? Why are you saying that? That's inappropriate. Like this is, yes. this is your battle buddy. Like you, mm-hmm. need to ch- you need to check yourself. You need to figure it out. Um, and how many times I, I got called a bitch at work or something or like, because I said something like, no, I'm not about to sit here and listen to you talk about my battle buddy like that. Like, this is not, this is not the place, the time. And, and it's never going to be the place for the time for that. Um, mm. And, you know, so I started the, the protest here at Campbell because I, um, I had a actual, so I, I've dealt with the harassment since mm-hmm. day zero, um, at training. Um, but when I got to Campbell, I mean, I hadn't even been here maybe a month or two and I found out that they were like making bets about who could sleep with me first. And like, it didn't wow. really, it didn't really bother me. You know, I'm one of the only females in, inf- in an infantry company, um, support company. And, and I get it. Like not a lot of people to look at or whatever. And I just kind of like let it roll off. But there was this one soldier, you know, and he just kept, he just wouldn't let it go. Wouldn't let it go. And then, um, I was out of the PX one day with my kids, you know, in mm-hmm. civilians and this dude just like beelined across the fucking parking lot and in front of my little girls, you know, mm-hmm. damn lane. I didn't know you had ass and titties like that. I didn't know you look like that. Blah, blah, you know, and he's in uniform, which shocks me even more like that. Mm. You are that you're that disrespectful. You're going to do this in uniform. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, he ended up following me to my car and pinning me up against my Jeep, all this in front of my kids. And I had to, like, you know, like, juke him, like, <laughs> like trick yeah. him to get in my car and to lock the door. And then he stood in front of my car for a really long time um, until I started, you know, I rolled down my window and I was like, you know, woman in danger. Like, yeah. this is not, I'm not amused. Yeah. Um, and so after this, I was like, I still wasn't going to say anything. You know, I was like, you know, I'm just going to let it roll off. But uh, he kept on and kept on and kept on. And then they were like, you know, we're going to make you go to the field and uh, he's going to be out there. And I was like, listen, this dude was bold enough to grab me in a public place in uniform. Like, I'm not about to be in the middle of the woods with him with no cell reception. Like, oh, no, y'all got me next level messed up. So I report it. And and what happens to me for the next 10 months is punishment for reporting it. Um, they took my rank. They tried to Article 15 me. Ultimately, it ended my career because um, I got hurt and I and I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this med board and I'm going to go because this is what the Army is promoting right now is sexual violence and victim blaming and punishing victims. And so, you know, Vanessa Guillen's story hit home with me on a mm-hmm. level I can't even explain. Um and then she just like became this, this face for mm-hmm. something. And, and I was just so fired up and, you know, it's kind of crazy because the very first protest that we did, um, the one that went super viral that had like 20,000 like shares or something. Mm-hmm. I planned that protest with one of my friends on the way to the bar the night before we did it. Oh, like, wow. Like we didn't put anything, we, we made signs, we did our t-shirts and we went out there the next day and there was only like 10 of us. Yeah. And then the next protest, there was like 60 of us. Um, and then we did a candlelight vigil um, to honor her because uh, Vanessa Guillen is Mexican. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to honor her in a traditional way, which is a candlelight vigil. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, you know, I have this huge group of, of people, males and females, um, civilians, veterans, active duty, whatever. Um, they come to the protests, they come to the visuals. Um, we've, we've also started this group called healing hearts. Um, mm, okay. and healing hearts is like, we haven't, we haven't done our first event with it yet, but we're working on it, but it's, uh, we're promoting healing and health and happiness. So it's, it's an outlet for victims of sexual assault and sexual harassment um, to find a way to cope with what's going on and in a healthy manner. 
um, amongst a group of people who've also been in the same shoes. Um, so, you know, we're going to do like yoga sessions and uh, like a pottery class, a painting class, things like that. So just promote healing in a healthy fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she just, you know, she gave a face to it and, and we're extremely outraged by the um, army's like lack of everything mm-hmm. in, in her, in her case. Um, and it's not just, you know, Vanessa Guillen. I mean, it's, I, I can't tell you, I've had hundreds of people message me their stories, tag me in their stories, comment on something so that I know that they exist because they yes. want to, because they want a voice too. Right. And I would love to tell you that like, it's not affecting me, but it is affecting me to know this many people are dealing with this in silence and, and feel silenced. Um, but I've had just, you know, and we just found out last week, I made a live broadcast about it, but there's apparently a female soldier. I do not know her name, but in Fort Stewart who was, um, killed, um, they killed her in the motor pool and then they, you know, I mean, this is dark, but they, they raped her corpse and she's been gone and no one's talking about her either. And she's been missing for, I think almost 30 days now. Nobody's talking about her. There's no media coverage. No. And, and people keep trying to bring attention to it, you know, on like the army wives pages and stuff. And every time someone posts about it, it gets taken down, gets removed. Um, and I get it, right? Because, like, the Army, the military in general, they don't want this this reputation for a rape culture. Yeah. But the, the thing is, like, there's definitely a rape culture in the military. And the more that we silence people who experience it, it gives life to those people, those predators. Not, not mm-hmm. to the victims. It gives life to predators for them to continue because they're not being punished. They're not being held accountable for their actions. Yeah. So what stops them, right? Like, I, I just, you know, my, my biggest goal with all of this is, yes, I want justice for Vanessa Gein. I want, um, obviously, the guy who is accused, you know, of killing and, and assaulting her, he killed himself. Yeah. But the female, his, his girlfriend or whatever, you know, she's facing um, conviction. But also, like, her her chain of command needs to be held accountable. Like, why are we only holding accountable the people who did it? Why are we not holding accountable the people who ignored that it was happening? Because, because, you know, like something, it could have been stopped. It could have never even happened. If, if the person that gave the freaking arms room keys was like, what are you doing? It's eight 30 at night. You don't need these. Yeah. It could have stopped. If anybody along the way, when they, when they did um, accountability formation the next morning, first aren't, we don't know where Vanessa Guillen is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been late to formation, right? But they, <laughs> but they come bang on your door. They oh, yes, they do. You. Yes, it they do. hell or high water, and we're going to find you and figure out why the fuck you're not in this formation right now, right? Like, Absolutely. you better be dying in a ditch somewhere. And in this case, she was. Like, she was dismembered and put into multiple holes and then they poured concrete over her. You know what I mean? Like her family could have had peace so much sooner. People could have been held accountable, you know, but we just ignored that it was happening, ignored that she was gone, just chalked it up as she went AWOL. Right. And they did this. The other story that's been really popular is Gregory Morales. Gregory Morales Mm -hmm. was gone for a year. Okay. Gregory Morales was getting out of the army. He he only had like so long left, right? And he just vanished. They said he was AWOL. They said he was AWOL, right? But he was about to be out of the army. He was he, he was getting out. Mm-hmm. He, he, he only had like a couple weeks left or something. And then they said he was AWOL and he went missing and stuff. And he's been gone all this time. Well, they found his body while they were looking for Vanessa Guillen. Mm. And, and instead of the army being like, yo, we messed up. He's yeah. not AWOL. His family is still fighting for him to get his deserter status removed because he did not desert. He was murdered. He didn't, he didn't bury himself. 
Um, but they're also trying to get him, you know, proper burial rights. And, like, they're having to fight for that because the army doesn't want to admit that they fucked up. That, yes. like, he's not a deserter. He was murdered. Like, and that's the part that I don't like, you know. Being in the military is a very proud thing. Like, mm-hmm. we, we have pride the minute we put that uniform on. I got it. Absolutely. And I know that's why they refuse to acknowledge these things are happening. But the thing is, like, I'm not proud to wear this uniform when I know what's going on behind the doors, you mm-hmm. know? Um, you know, and, and the military is, people always think that, like, the military is so big and it's not. The military, active duty military, 1% of our entire population, right? It's very, yeah. it's a lot smaller. The yeah. army is such a small place. Like you run into people you went to training with. Yeah. It's like it's never ending. You're always running into an old battle buddy or something. But there's so much like gossiping and and we call it private news network when like people are just just, <laughs> just talking, talking away. Just talking, talking away. running their mouths. You find out everybody's business, you know, who's sleeping with whose wife, who's who's committing adultery, who's got a baby with someone that's higher ranking than them, you know. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to turn our noses to fraternization. We're just going to turn our noses to everything that's, you know, against, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. And then this really important thing comes up, the sexual assault and the sexual harassment. And then all of a sudden everybody's quiet. Nobody wants to talk. Nobody wants to talk about it anymore. And it's just mind boggling to me because, it's it's happening. It's so big. And and Fort Campbell is like the last time I looked, Fort Campbell is like the most well known base for literally everything that can be wrong. <laughs> like mm-hmm. DUIs, suicides, sexual assault, domestic violence, whatever. They're up there. And Fort Campbell is incredibly um we're trained at such a high like there's always training, always deploying super just always moving Fort Campbell. And, and I know that has a lot to do with it. The soldiers are just run ragged here and just, they're just bodies and it's, it's hard. But at the same time, like this is your job. This doesn't excuse you to rape people. This doesn't excuse you to beat your wife. This doesn't excuse you to constantly, there's constantly DUI, like, car accidents here. We had a guy, like, a couple months ago who drove through a fucking apartment complex with his car. And he was super intoxicated. He was, like, 19. Like, what are we doing? There's just no control. And I just, I I, I don't understand it. (laughs) I I, I don't think I understand it because not all soldiers come with, like, this bearing and, like, this pride and this, you know, this honor but they should, but they don't. And so there's just so much stuff that's going on behind closed doors. And all of those things are, you know, just a different day or whatever. But right now, like right now, what I'm talking about and what I'm not going to stop talking about is sexual assault and sexual harassment and how prevalent it is mm-hmm. and how, how one in five female service members will be sexually assaulted. She will be raped while on active duty. And I think the number for males is like one in seven, one in Mm -hmm. eight, something like that. Like, does that number not bother people or scare them? Like, And for me, I would say, honestly, me and you had, when we were in in AIT, which was that advanced training phase, because we met in AIT, because everybody knows when you're in the military, you go through basic, and then you go to your AIT to start your work. What's your job? And when I met you, we had talked about these similar stories. From my experience as a male, even going back to basic, I realized that my moral compass was so much different Mm -hmm. from a lot of the males. For me, even though I had a person in my life who was away from me, there were so many others of a males that had the same or who were also single, but their maturity levels were different. Yeah. And I realized, I mean, from basic, most people know that you're most of the time are separated from the females. Mm. And because they don't want you to just gain unwanted attention, they want you to kind of focus on the mission at hand. Yeah. And I realized over time as I'm, I was 
going along month to month that, you know, my focus was the mission, but my real problem was the, the, my battle buddies that still, you have to realize that when we have drill sergeants, when we have instruction, ultimately it really is up to the soldier who is going to choose to follow the instruction. Or yeah. And we realize that if one person messes up, we all messed up. Right. And over the time from going from basic into AIT, my biggest issue became a lot with the males that I was encountering who were older and younger and some my own age that really did not understand the respect factor and the language that you shouldn't be using in terms of interaction, especially with females. Because yeah. a lot of the men's excuses were they were away from women for so long, but that does not give you an excuse to be disrespectful. It does I, not. We've been in, we have been in training that there's been times I'm just totally heated because the person next to me is being disrespectful and then I need to step in. But I know once I step in that we all about to get fucked up because yeah. it's already a problem. But for me, I always made sure that my moral compass and my moral values were taken seriously because I wanted to show those boys who wanted to become men that this is how you treat women. I have a woman back home that I love deeply, but I still want to use the same morals and the same values and the same respect, respect to the women that I see that are working with me. Yeah. You know, when it comes to... The, the sexual, I mean, the discrimination or harassment, I've seen it. And don't get me wrong, we know that in the military, we have classes that are focused and based on combating that. And we call them sharp classes. We get them, <laughs> we get them many times. And a lot of our higher ups, I completely understand the focus of it. But yeah. I myself have told many people, I understand in totality what these classes are supposed to do. But in reality, it's whether you're going to take those skills and those lessons and use them yeah. or they're just going to go from one ear out the other. Which is and, what they do. <laughs> and, and it's a lot of them. And it, it really upsets me because I am a male that really is focused on doing the right thing, is focused on respecting my battle buddies. Because, again, a lot of us, like your, uh, people like yourself that went active and myself, I went reservists to come back home. The The biggest factor a lot of people put at me or the snub was, oh, you're a weekend warrior. And that was always the issue with me was, hey, I have respect for people that go active duty, just like I have respect people who have respect for that go reservists. Because at one point or another, we were all away from our families. Yeah. And for me, I always realized because even in AIT, me and you went through our battles, but it was because we were strong personalities, yeah. but we had a common goal in AIT was let's get, get our work off. done. Because even I remember me, you, and a gentleman, uh, one of our friends that we know, we were the top three in our class. Mm -hmm. So for us, we were always focused on getting ahead and getting back home to our families. Yeah. And by any means. And for me, going through the process of basic and going through the process of AIT and coming back home, I realized that culture that you speak of, the rape culture, the, the harassment culture was still embedded. And yeah. for me, I had to say, you know what? You can't fight everyone, but you will speak up. Yeah. And when, especially because we also know there's many stories like Vanessa Guillen, but when it comes to as we in the military say, we always want, we're, we're family because they use it, they use the term of brotherhood, but you have to remember there are females here as well. There yeah. are people who are transgender as well, who identify with something and we yeah. all have to be a family. We can't just speak on when one of our soldiers gets shot. We have to also speak when one of our soldiers is being harassed by someone who wears the same uniform. And for me, talking to you, it's therapeutic because you yourself, you are a former soldier. I'm a reservist, but at the same time, I always told myself from basic AIT and coming home, I was never going to lose myself because we yeah. realized in the military, there are people that go full HUA, they go full army and they don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. You know, and for me, I had to realize that even when I'm coming back home, 
I needed to keep those values because I've seen a lot of soldiers, a lot of male soldiers that take the wrong paths, that don't know how to just be respectful, using the, the language was so just like harmful. And we had people like yourself that we were in AIT and you would point those people out and they would look at you like, why are you talking to me? But you were only doing the right thing. Yeah. And there was moments that me and you would talk privately and I would tell you, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And we need to do something. But again, we can only do as much as we can because we still need those people to help make that change. Right. So and, I think mm -hmm. I think for me, like um, like what you're talking about, like so when I when I went to Fort Lee with you, I was a reclass. I was reclassing from um, a very long. <laughs> yeah, like 25 weeks. 54. Oh my lord! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I was reclassing, and and I'd already been away from my kids for a long time, and then I came here, and pretty much everyone that was at this AIT was like straight out of high school, which is fine. Like, you know, I need you just as much as you need me. But I'm almost 10 years older than you. I've been divorced, married, got kids. Like, I've been through a little bit of life at this point. I've been on my own for over 10 years. You know. And so these things would happen. And, and I'll tell you, when I was younger, I had a temper, like this crazy temper. And I would get into all these fights at school and stuff. But it was never like I was bullying people. It was like mm -hmm. people that were bullying other people. And I would always step in. But I didn't know how to channel that anger when I was younger. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So my biggest thing when I was a kid was people who picked on the special needs kids. Yes. Um, because my stepmom was a special education teacher for the Department of Defense. And these kids meant more to me than anyone else. You know, they didn't choose this. Mm -hmm. And people would just terrorize them. And I'm telling you, I threw a desk at a girl one time for, <laughs> saying, for saying some nasty things. And I just remember at some point during high school, my dad was like, you know, you can't do this anymore. You can't handle things like this anymore. You have to be an adult. Mm -hmm. And I, and I figured it out, you know, real quick, like this isn't acceptable anymore. Right. Yeah. But then I went on with my life and like these things were still happening. Um, people are still doing things that my incredibly strong moral code is like, this is not right. And so, no, I may not punch you like I would have when I was 16, but I'm going to call you out and I'm going to call you for what you are. And I can tell you right now, one of the biggest problems with me being in the military and like, I have this opportunity to come back active and I, and I would love to, because I love being a soldier. I love being in the mm -hmm. army. Um, I come from a long line of, of military. Um, it's not that, that I'm upset with. It's the leadership. It's the toxicity within the ranks. It's the fact that we don't hold this standard across yeah. the board. Like we say we do. Um, but the biggest problem with me being in the ranks is I will always be like this. I will always be ingrained with, with morals and with a character. Yes. And I will never sit by and watch things happen that are wrong. And that's something that doesn't fly in the army. I remember when we were at AIT, actually, mm -hmm. you remember I won that, um, that, that board, the one that was in the yeah. field. You remember that, right? I was the only female out there and I won. I kicked those dudes asses mm -hmm. um, by, by book stuff, like by the rapid fire questions. Yes, I beat yes. them on that. But I beat them on the field stuff too. I was just a better soldier than they were, right? Mm -hmm. And part of winning that board was you got to write a memo to the commander and then you got to go in front of these full bird colonels over the whole installation and tell them why the program was good and where it was deficient. Right. And I'm all amped up. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm about to tell y'all everything that's wrong right yeah. now. And I had this really great memo written up and I remember standing in front of that commander and that first aren't, and they're like, no, you can't say this. And I was like, well, what the point, what was the point of me winning then if I can't tell you what's actually wrong with it? Um, like, cause I wanted to talk about how like, we spent most all of our training in the field, but there was no medics present for any of it. No. And, and every time somebody dropped, cause it's, we're talking like triple digits heat. It's the dead of yeah. summer. Yeah. We're all wearing, you know, body armor, rucks, everything. Yeah. And, we're, and we're, uh, in culinary uh, for people listening, 
we're on these MKTs and these CKs, which are mobile kitchens that are yep. hot as fuck. And you got a oh, grill yeah. going and it's, I mean, it's toasty in there. Yeah. And a lot of soldiers don't take that hydrate or die thing seriously. And people well, you were need dropping, to hydrate. they like were dropping flies. like flies. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I can't just sit by and let this dude have a whole thing right here, right now. And so I would always be the one that jumped up and starts deep blousing and starts hydrating, starts yep. getting clothes off. And, and I just, you know, that was one of the, my biggest problems with that installation. We're in a training environment. Why is there no medical personnel present? Like you couldn't even get me a, a freaking whiskey out here, a doc to, yeah. to sit with us. Like, are you serious? You know, just, we got lucky. Our platoon got lucky because I had just gotten out of nursing school. So I knew a little bit more than what they taught you, you know, in basic. Yeah. And, and I was never like just sitting there watching. I would always jump up and help them. But I worry about like the platoons that don't have somebody like that. Yeah. And then uh, I think I read like right after we left too that like somebody died from like a heat stroke. Yes. He died. Yes. He yeah. died. Yeah. An 18 year old kid. He died. Um, can we talk about the fact that there's no medics out there? Like, and and I just remember them telling me like you don't get to actually say what you think is wrong. And I was like, but what's the point? Yeah. And they're, and they're like, you know, you're in the army. Like, you say what you're told to say. And, and that's always been a problem for me because I understand. Like, I signed that contract. I signed the dial line. I gave my mm -hmm. life to you. And I said I would do whatever you needed me to do. What I do not say I'm going to do <laughs> is stand by and not voice my opinion when something's wrong. Yeah. And when we're talking about a medic in the field being wrong, like that's one thing when I'm talking about, I'm physically watching female soldiers be harassed daily at their job mm -hmm. and, and groped and whatever else. And nobody says anything, nobody bats an eye, but me. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I first got to Campbell, I remember they pulled all the females into this room and they were like, Oh, we just want to know if anyone's experiencing any sexual harassment. We're real concerned, you know? And I didn't know at the time they were fishing for a name. Uh, there was an NCO that they were trying to, you know, get caught up or whatever. Yeah. And I spoke up and I was like, yo, this civilian that works, you know, back there cleaning dishes, if he touches or looks at one more of these female soldiers, I'm going to kick his teeth in. Mm -hmm. and, they were, and they were like, wait, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? They had no clue. And I was like, okay, well, none of these females may say something, but I'm going to because I'm telling you they may be okay with it or they may let it slide off, but I'm not going to, I'm going to break his jaw if he yeah. touches enough. And it was like immediate, you know, they were pulling this guy out of the defect and they're getting rid of him. And I remember, you know, the defect manager coming up to me and he was like, he, he was like, um, you know, what made you speak up? And I said, listen, you know, this is all offline, but I, I've been raped. Um, and, and I've been raped hundreds of times and, and I was in a very abusive home and then I was raped again in college by a coworker. And, um, and this is just something that people took things from me growing up my whole life. And I just cannot stand by and watch other people have that taken from them. And, you know, he was really shook about it. He was crying. Um, and he was like, you know, I respect this. I respect you. Thank you so much. And then the next thing I know, my section leader, who is a female, E6, pulls me from the DFAC by my collar and says, why didn't you tell me that you've been raped before? And I was like, because that's my personal life. That happened yeah. before I was in the army. That's none of your business. And it was a pride thing. She was mad because I, I wouldn't tell her details of my sexual assaults. And she's all like, it's affecting the mission. But it wasn't. It never no. affected the mission. The minute that it started to affect the mission was when another male thought it'd be okay to touch soldiers in the defect. And I was just the only one who would say anything, you know? Yeah. And that's how it, it always is. Like, maybe there's one person in the room who has this crazy, intense moral code and they just don't want to watch this. But since I started the protest, just we just did a protest yesterday. It was a smaller one because it was storming and stuff. This Jeep of guys pulls up and they're like, hey, what are you protesting? And I walked over there. Listen, I'll talk to anybody, baby. I'll tell anybody about Vanessa Guillen and I'll tell anyone about sexual assault mm -hmm. and uh, educate them real quick. And 
you know, these guys were really, truly interested in what I was saying. And they were like, you know, we agree. And I said, you know, come hold a sign out here with me then. Mm. And they said, and they said, you know, you know, we gotta, we gotta go do stuff. Cause JRTC is about to happen. Everybody's getting ready. I said, you know what? That's fine. You know what you can do for me next time you're in formation and somebody says something about your female battle buddies. Why don't you speak up for her? Yeah. Because, because everyone's really quick to say, well, why doesn't that female speak up for herself? A lot of times, yeah, she's one of the only females in that in that platoon in that company. Yeah. And so, what's she supposed to go against 30, 40, 50 other people and tell them that she feels uncomfortable, she feels threatened, she feels harassed? No, you fucking speak up for her. You be her voice because it yes. was taken from her. Um, and so you know, I was like, I challenge you to to stand up for your female battle buddies, stand up for your male battle buddies, because listen. I think we all know it's, the military, like it's kind of, it's kind of silly when you think about it, but there's a lot of comments like about, you know, gay stuff. And like a lot of male soldiers will joke about like being with each other and stuff. And yeah. it's just, it's just cause of how close they get. Right. They're not yeah. actually like, it's not like everyone is actually like gay. Um, even if they were, it wouldn't be an issue, but it's, they're promoting this like, this idea right then and there that it's mm -hmm. okay to talk like this um, because like that's when the talks start getting out of hand. It's not because they're saying they're gay. It's because the way they're promoting it, the way that they're joking about it, the way that everything that's sexual is funny to them. And, you know, part of sharp is like those conversations can happen and I can just be listen listening and I can yeah. be offended and I exactly. can say, I'm I'm uncomfortable right now. Like, yeah, you're you're talking about doing stuff with that dude's butt. I don't want to listen to that. Yeah, and and no, no, you're exactly right because even though we you were active and I'm reserved, we've had the same classes, and for me, I've seen the experience of just how males treat each other, how females treat each other, and a lot of times the disrespect, especially about people's sexual orientation, yeah. comes involved. And for me, I always tell people, no matter what you identify with, we are wearing the same uniform. Oh, that is a beautiful dog. <laughs> she, she wants to be on camera too. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fine. And for me, it's like, I'd say this. What I've learned through your story is that you are a woman that went through so much trauma from your past. And what that enabled you to do, you honed that, you understood and you wanted to make sure that when you got into the military, you wanted to make a change because yeah. a lot of women, especially, and men who go through those traumas, they either go left when they should be going Can right. Can you show um, your friend a pig our piggyback? Sure. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that I was prepared for, you know, everything. I think I was ready to stand up for whoever named me stand up for them. Unfortunately, um, there's not enough people like that. Mm -hmm. um, not just in the ranks, in, in yeah. life, in, yes. in, in the world, there's not enough people who will say, yo, this is wrong. This is inappropriate. Um, you know, I've also been protesting the Black Lives Matter stuff. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it's a weird place for me to be at because I'm in school to go into law enforcement mm -hmm. and everyone just assumes that I have to pick a side. And, and the thing is, I'm not picking a side. The side I pick when it comes to black lives matter is, uh, is the right side, which yeah. is nobody deserves to be murdered while they're being detained. Um, like there's, there's so many, you know, good mm -hmm. cops out there and they're being overshadowed by bad cops. And it's a really, it's a really hard place for me to be in. But I do not think that just because you're a person of color that you deserve to be targeted for any type of violence or you deserve yeah. to be treated any type of way. But I was out there this week, you know, with my Black Lives Matter friends um, protesting. People were throwing things at us. Wow. Uh, cussing at us. People were saying, you know, go Trump or whatever. And mm -hmm. it's mind-boggling to me that you think just because I'm out here, uh, I'm not Trump's, I'm not with Trump, or yeah. I'm a liberal, or just the things that people automatically assumed about me and all those people out there. 
because we were protesting Black Lives Matter. No, what I'm protesting is that their life is not less important just because they're black. And a black life mattering is the bare minimum, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I just, I was out there and I was like, this is really crazy. These people are just assuming anything. And the craziest part to me is most everyone who's been out there for those protests are veterans, okay? And this week they got a lot of backlash because they had the American flag, but it was turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And people were screaming, you're desecrating the flag and stuff. And listen, I've looked at the flag code. Um, an, a, a flag upside down is a sign of distress. Mm -hmm. And it is distressful to them that black people are being targeted. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't get to tell me or tell them that it's not distressful to them. That yeah. That's the beautiful thing about living in the States, living in America, is that that's our right. It's our right to have a different opinion. It's our right to say something that you don't agree with. It's our right to protest. It's our right to talk about. It. It's our right. These are our rights, our First Amendment rights, meaning they're the the most important. They were the first ones we cared about. Like, yeah. And it's so crazy to me how quick people are to be like, you can't do that. But yes, I can. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't mean we don't have to be friends because I have a different opinion than you. But unfortunately, uh, I can't tell you how many people have deleted me off Facebook in the last couple months because I'm protesting for sexual violence to be ended or because Black Lives Matter. I cannot tell you how many people have been like, all right, well, fuck this girl and unfriended me. Well, okay. I didn't know that we were that narrow minded that we, we couldn't have different opinions. Yeah. But it's, it's really not a loss to me, you know, because I want my circle to be full of people who are different and relish in being different and having different opinions and different views. And, you know, we all came from different backgrounds. You don't know, you know, people, people looked at me the whole time growing up and they thought that I was just this happy go lucky kid. It was a complete shock to my hometown, you know, that I was being abused at home. Yeah. It's because you don't know. Exactly. What what people are going through, what they've been through, where they came from. You don't know how they were treated. Um, and I think it's our job across the board with the Vanessa Gian stuff, with sexual mm -hmm. violence, with Black Lives Matter, all of it. I think it's our job to start listening to each other. Yeah. And to start not listening to have an answer, right? Because that's what mm -hmm. people do. They listen so they can have a rebuttal, so they can answer really quick. Yeah. People need to learn to listen to understand listen to be educated listen because you don't know every side of the tracks right mm -hmm. and i just this is my biggest thing right now is i just want people to listen to each other stop trying to silence people and how they feel and take a moment to, to figure out why they feel that way maybe maybe you aren't experiencing sexual harassment or violence in the in the military but guess what there are a lot of people who are Maybe you're not experiencing being oppressed in 2020 as a person of color, but there are people who are. Yes. Okay. And, and I've seen the other side too. I've seen people who are just pointing out that all white people are racist and that's not true either. Yeah. Um, clearly it's not. There's been so many of my white friends that are out there at this black lives matter protest. It, it's not about being white or black or you know, whatever it's about caring about each other. And that should be the point of all of it. Absolutely. Um, but you know, people aren't listening to listen. They're listening to have an answer. So yeah, it's, no, a, it's I, a hard, it's a hard struggle. At the, it's in, at the end, it's that you can say it's a struggle, but for you and to see your growth as a human being more than just a soldier, it's honorable for me uh, to see your progression and using your voice and now doing these protests is commendable. And to be honest, like we have here some comments. Soraya says, wow, they call it retribution because we talked about that earlier, mm -hmm. the retribution aspect. And also Kenny says the same in the Air Force as well. And then also Soraya says homophobia, transphobia and rhetoric like that are a part of rape culture that yes, these are the, the same messages you're putting out is the same messages that others feel. And I want you to know is that you have a voice, you will have a movement 
that is needs to be heard more than ever. I'm, I appreciate that I know a person like you that is taking the time. And for me, as a reservist soldier, no matter what uniform I have on, I'm a human being. And I yeah. care about the people. And for some people who are military might come to me privately and say, you shouldn't do this. And I'm going to say this. If that means that my career has to end because I choose to speak my truth, I'm perfectly 100% fine. Exactly. Because I live by my truth and I support people like you that are doing the right thing at yeah. the right time, but in the right uniform. Yeah, that's right. Hey, listen, and and I, a lot of people who've been out there with me are active duty, and I've had a lot of people giving them shit because you can't do that. Okay, I'm going to say it right here on this live broadcast right now. We're not protesting anything political. Mm -hmm. We are not protesting in uniform. We are not protesting with violence. We're not desecrating anything. We're coming out here peacefully. Uh, the only time that it's not, a lot of them have been quiet events, but mm -hmm. I got a me I got a megaphone now, so like, <laughs> I use the megaphone to speak a little Spanish, but I don't say okay. anything inappropriate. I don't, I don't, yes, you know, and I'm not disrespecting anyone along the way, and and trust me, they're disrespecting us. Um, I had someone we. We explicitly wore white T-shirts with red handprints, and they're supposed yes, to be bloody. Yes, I did see that. I did see they're, that. Yeah, they're supposed to be bloody handprints. Well, I told the girls, I was like, you know, wear the shortest shorts you have, because the point I'm trying to make is it doesn't matter what I'm wearing, what I say, what I look like. You're not entitled to touch me ever. And so I'm wearing these really short shorts at this protest, right? And my cheeks are out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but guess what? This is my body. And I get Thank to decide you. what I do with it. And this dude from my unit, he shot me a message. He was like, yo, Lane, your cheeks look really good in those pictures. And I was like, I was like, did you read the signs? We're protesting sexual harassment and violence. And you're, and you're doing the exact same. And all you saw in those photos was my butt cheeks. Like, you know, and I think that's the problem is, is at these sharp briefings that we have where they're trying to tell us what is and isn't condoned and, and all that, it's a joke to everybody. And, and I'll tell you, this is the last thing I'm gonna probably say, but yeah, I, I remember in a basic training, the sharp briefing we had, they role played um, a sexual assault. And I had to leave, I left the whole thing. I walked yeah. out because it triggered me. It was very Absolutely. hard for me to watch. People were joking, laughing, and I didn't, I didn't see how that was funny at all. And then, I'm in nursing school and we have another sharp briefing, except this time they show us a video, right? And I know you've seen, I do, I do a lot of spoken word and that's yeah. one of the, one of the ways I cope with the things I've been through. And they're like, Oh, we got this spoken word. And I'm really excited because I think it's going to be somebody giving me a message, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a spoken word from the voice of a predator. And I just remember sitting there the whole time, listening to him talk about what he's going to do to me standing next to me in the ranks in uniform. And there's a part in his spoken word where he says, I am the hand sliding up your daughter's thighs. And when he said that, and we're watching on this huge video, like he's blown the fuck up on this huge projector screen in the room. And I, as soon as he said that, I was out. I, I know out. exactly. You know what I'm saying? I ran out of the building. I couldn't breathe because I was like, why are we showing this? And I remember this E7 came up to me. She was like, You've been raped, haven't you? And I was like, yeah, why are you showing that to people? Because I know I'm not the only person in the room who's been through that. That is extremely deteriorating to any type of healing I've already done. Because you think this is what, and it's the shock factor, right? That's what they're going for, yeah. the shock factor. We're going to shock you into thinking this is a problem and then maybe it'll stop. But it's not working. Yeah. Sharp, isn't, sharp isn't working because people think it's a joke. People think it's funny. People sit there the whole time and and make light of it. And that's mm -hmm. the reason it's not working. So um, Sharp has a great intent, yeah. but it's not it's not working. What needs to work is us standing up and saying something. And if that starts with me, and trust me, I've gotten a lot of backlash too. I don't care. I'll take that backlash all day because at least I stood up. And yep. I've had so many people reach out to me for help. And, and you have no idea because... 
I would do all of this if that meant saving one person, right? Yeah. Having one person find their peace, find their healing, find their safety again, find themselves again. Mm-hmm. But I don't just have one person. I've got hundreds of people. Okay. And that speaks volumes to me that I don't care what kind of backlash I take. You can say whatever, do whatever. You can hate me. I don't care. But I'm speaking up for people whose voices were taken. And that's just that. Absolutely. And and Holly, I mean, I want you to know that as a, a person that I consider a friend, as a woman who is leading a movement like this, I support you 110%. And every time you do a protest, I will support you. And I definitely want myself and the audience to get more information before we go okay. about your movement. And, you know. Um. We are uh, we are trying right now to just spread um, spread the idea to every other installation within the army, um, so mm-hmm. that they may also start these peaceful protests and and such. Um, I know that last night I had all my followers bombarding Go Army. Um, and asking them, you know, why are we not talking about this? Why are y'all not talking about this? You guys are on Go go Army posting shit every day, four, five, six times a day. Stupid stuff that I don't care about. But why are you not talking about the fact this soldier went missing and then we find her fucking cut up in a ditch somewhere? Um, so I challenge everyone to just get involved with their community however they can. They can. Um, I know right now our big thing is uh, we're going to continue peacefully protesting. But we actually have somebody that's making, um, I don't know if you've ever seen um, a lot of veterans or soldiers uh, wear memorial bracelets for battle buddies mm-hmm. that have, have fallen. Yes. Um, we're going to make these memorial bracelets for Vanessa Guillen. And, and so they'll have her, you know, her name and her unit info on them, just like she, you know, we lost her downrange. And then on the bottom, we're going to have them, I am Vanessa Guillen, because... Even if you have not been personally a victim of sexual assault or sexual violence or harassment, you know somebody who has. And wearing these bracelets is a statement that I'm, I'm with this. I do not agree with what's going on, and I will not stop talking about it. Um, and then we are taking all of the proceeds from that, and we're sending it to her family. Um, whether they need to use it for legal costs, because I know that they're, they're really trying to fight this right now. Um, they need it for burial costs, whatever they need it for. You know, we're sending the proceeds to her um, family. But, you know, whatever way that people can get involved. And I know if they're not local to me, like it's hard to get involved with my movement. But yeah. there's someone near you that's trying to start a movement. And if they aren't, you start it. Like, yeah. it, listen, it didn't. St- I didn't start out with thousands of people following me. I started out with me and my my battle buddy on the way to the bar talking about, are we really just gonna sit by and let this happen? And then we were out there the next morning with signs and like four people, like, you know, it doesn't start big, it starts small, but the only way it starts is if somebody starts it, so. Absolutely, and and I definitely appreciate that. And I will be speaking to you privately because I would definitely love to donate and then share that message as well. So, uh, Holly, I do want to thank you so much for appearing on tonight's discussion. And as I tell everyone, this is our first discussion, but it surely won't be our last. Yeah. Because uh, I definitely want to catch some updates in the future about how the movement is going. So I thank yeah. you, Holly, and I thank you, audience, for listening. And I know through this discussion, it's going to inspire someone, especially myself. So I thank you so much. I hope you have a great uh, weekend and stay safe. All right. Thanks, Diamond. Bye. Bye.